a Tricky Kid Media original presentation distributed by iHeartRadio. Hey, all you fans, marks, smarks, jobbers, cheerers, and jeerers. Get ready for an exciting bout of no-holds-barred fun. I'm Dana French, and this is Wrestling. Welcome to an exciting addition to the Tricky Kid Radio Podcast Network, where we take on all corners in the world of professional wrestling. We will be talking with legends from the past, the best talent of today, and rising stars of the future. Don't miss weekly post-show analysis, guest commentary, and live remotes from the matches with your host, a veteran of calling the action ringside, Roy Turner. Hey, everybody. Hey, joining us today, of course, is Laura Dennis. You know her as Allie or now the Bunny, one of the great, amazing superstars from AEW that's going to be appearing next week on December the 15th as AEW returns to the Dallas-Fort Worth area. Laura, welcome. Hi, thank you so much. Thanks for having me. So I wanted to ask you, so I know that you, you're Canadian, correct? You grew up in Canada? Yep, Toronto. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, wrestling is kind of woven differently into the fabric there than it is in the States. What is your first memory of, of, of watching wrestling or, or hearing about wrestling? Um, honestly, it's so funny. I don't clearly remember, but um, I know that my dad had me watching wrestling since I was about three. He sat me down and, and we used to watch it together. Um, and my mom just told me stories of me just, uh, you know, having dreams of, of meeting wrestlers and being a wrestler. And, and so I've, it's kind of been entrenched in my life since I can honestly remember. Um, and yeah, I mean, in, in wrestling is very big in Canada and in Toronto specifically, um, at Maple Leaf Gardens, there used to be wrestling all the time. And so, yeah, so it's pretty deep in the culture there. For sure. What was the first one that you like connected with? Like, was there a character or any type of, of image that still kind of burns in your mind? I mean, 100% Hulk Hogan, like that was, you know, I grew up in the 80s, um, 80s, 80s babies. So yeah, so Hulk Hogan is probably my first memory of wrestling is seeing Hulk Hogan. Um, and as I got older, I, I was a huge Shawn Michaels fan and Bret Hart and The Undertaker. And, you know, so uh, yeah, I used to go to the shows when I was younger, too. It was a lot of fun. So when, so when, you know, the big show, when WrestleMania came to, I guess it came to Toronto, was that in 1990? Was that because I'm an 80s, I'm an 80s kid too. Yeah, maybe 1990. I, I didn't go to the WrestleMania when it came. I was a little bit too young at that point. I think I might have been four or five. Yeah. <laughs> um, but then, and then it actually came again when I was a little bit older, when I was in my teens. Um, and we ended up watching it on pay-per-view. Um, so that, that was, was the big one deal. versus The Rock, right? Yes, he was, yes. That, yes. That stands out as a big memory for me as well as a young person as well. Yeah. Uh, so... So I wanted to talk to you about, about AEW. So you coming, you spent quite a bit of time uh, in the indies. Uh, what what made you, because I know right now AEW is the hot shit show now, but, <laughs> but when you joined, you know, you, you this was still a leap of faith. For talk sure. to me about that. 
Yeah. So, um, well, I mean, uh, I was just coming out of impact wrestling. Um, and like you said, I've been on the Indies for a very long time. Um, and AEW, what, what attracted me so much to them was, um, how open they were to creativity, to, um, the talent having ideas and being able to share that with them. Um, and how, just how excited everybody involved from the ground up was about the company and where it was going and the belief they had in what they were creating. All of those things got me really, really excited. Um, and uh, I was I was just, I, I remember when I, when I left Impact, I wasn't really sure where my career was going. I was sort of, I guess I'll, I'll work the Indies for a little bit and see, and, and AEW, it just happened to um, contact me. And it was just like, I, I couldn't believe it. I was so over the moon. I was so happy. I was actually in the UK um, working with some Indies there when I, um, received my you know the contract and everything and that was uh it was exciting that's that's amazing so so but do you think it's it's fair to say that that's also one of the reasons why maybe we i've always kind of felt like with you we, we we've yet to still see what you know what i mean there's always that that next level and i feel like yeah. that right now you're doing your best work Thank you. That's very nice to hear. Um, yeah, I will say there was a spark in me, I think, especially, um, you know, the pandemic was was pretty difficult on all of us. Um, it was difficult on me mentally. I, I struggled quite a bit through it. And even my first year in, into AEW, I was struggling really, really hard with my mental health. Um, so it was weird because it was such an amazing thing that was happening, but I was also having such a hard time that I felt like my wrestling was suffering because of that, because it was really hard to concentrate on right, yeah. my in-ring, you know, and, and that's the reality of, of having any kind of mental health issue. It just sometimes bleeds into that. Um, so 2021, um, I sort of felt like a, a I don't want it, like a spark in me. I, I had, um, I just fell back in love with wrestling and I fell back in love with, um, figuring out my character and, um, you know, all those things that sort of tend to take a back seat when you're trying to work on your, your mental health. Um, once I was able to kind of get that in check, I was able to then fall back in love with what I really love to do, which is wrestling. And now I feel like I'm finally in the groove of it again. And it's like a really, really good feeling. So well, that's it's been it shows it comes across on screen as well. And I wanted to, you know, you mentioned about how you said how AEW was so open to being creative. That's kind of what I mean. Whereas it's like I, I I was a fan of your work before, but it seems like that there's more opportunity, and that's why we're seeing characters like like the yeah. Bunny and things like that. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And I think you know, for me, I'm a really big horror fan. Like, I love horror movies. I love horror characters. So I draw a lot of inspiration for that um, into the bunny. And there was, there's never any objection to where I want to go with it. You know, if I have an idea, people are willing to listen to me. And and especially like when I, you know, came out, I, I was first as Ali when I came into AEW. I was, I was Ali, um, and that's what I was very familiar with because I'd been doing it at, at Impact for you know three years. So I was really comfortable in that. Um, but I was really excited to push myself into a direction that kind of felt more like me, not <laughs> the bunny's a little crazy, but, but to draw on those things that I love and to be able to, to put that into a character. Um, and everybody was really receptive to that. And it was, and yeah, so, so absolutely having that creative freedom, it really does make such a difference. But when you came through the mat and debuted the bunny, 
that's one of the man that was that was was one of the best moments ever it just was so effective yeah. And, and yeah. for you, you know, here's what's what's cool is it not just that character, but there's something about you that you know how like how some wrestlers, <clears throat> like I'm sure you would love to be the champion and you and Penelope would be great of course, of course. acting champions. But you've got a character and also a presence that doesn't really depend on that. You're right. kind of like you're kind of like the undertaker in that in that regard, where you you oh. <laughs> not, not just because of the scary thing. I'm just mean. You know what I mean? Sure. Like you've got yeah. that. Yeah. Your presence creates a, a, a certain impact that doesn't really depend on that. Was was that intentional when creating this character? Um, no, not not really intentional. But I, I very much appreciate you saying that. Thank you. Um, no, it wasn't really intentional. Again, it was more. I really believe that when you put your heart into something that feels real. Um, you know, success will follow it. So if you're putting all your eggs into something that doesn't feel like who you are, or, um, you know, it, it doesn't feel authentic to you, I don't think it's going to have the same presence as if you are portraying something that is true to who you are, if that makes right. sense. Yeah, so sure. I wonder if maybe that's where that comes from. And I feel, I feel very confident as the bunny. I don't feel like I'm really pretending to be something else. So I wonder if that maybe that helps with that. Well, you know, like they always say like in writing class, like write what you know, you, you can't help yes. but, but kind of shine when you do that. Absolutely. Yeah. I got to admit, as a, as a fan of your work, I I love work seeing you as like the heel versus because you do seem to 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 thrive a little little. You're, I don't know. There's something about your you're vibrating a little higher uh, frequency there. Uh, yeah. Talk to me about about the difference between working heel and face. So, you know, when I was in, uh, when I was in impact, I was, I was very much a baby face. I was very much the underdog. I was, and, and I did love that. I loved that, that, you know, the Alec character arc. I've talked about this so many times, but I, I feel very lucky that I was able to have a character and, and have a full story and have her kind of go through. I mean, she died for goodness sake. I mean, she's yeah. done it all, you know, yeah. um, you yeah, know, literally so, all, literally all of it. So, <laughs> Um, yeah, so being in, so obviously I, I kind of feel like, uh, like I did that, you know, I've, I've, I've been the super baby face, like I've done that. And now to step into the role as a heel, um, yes, I'm more comfortable when I was on the Indies for a long time. I was, I was cherry bomb on the Indies and right. I was predominantly heel. Um, and I feel it's the most fun. I can tell you that. Um, and I, I, like, I, I, like I said, I love horror. I love villains. I love, um, trying to understand villains. I like, you know, trying to understand their perspective. Um, and so it, it, it's really fun being able to explore that with the bunny and, uh, to kind of bring her to life. And I like her to be more than one dimensional. I want there to be reasons for the way she is and, uh, and bring her to life. So yeah, yeah. it is. It's a little more fun being the bad guy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I wanted to share a, a brief something with you. The first time I actually became aware of, of, of you and in your career uh, was when WrestleMania came to Dallas uh, quite a while ago. I think it was about seven years ago. Um, and I wasn't aware. I was new to the Indies. I wasn't familiar with, as far as I understood, WWE and, and whatever was kind of the only game in town, even though I grew up watching wrestling. So anyways, I was on assignment and, and I was covering the Shimmer event you guys were doing. Uh -huh. And on, this is like my first night. This is the first night I met Gabe and, 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 and everybody and I'm getting into it. 
and I get up to, I guess, the will call thing. Uh, and, and for whatever reason, you were the person that handed me my, my, my ticket, my credential, whatever. Yeah. And, and I, but I can't mind, forgive me, but I didn't, I, I didn't know, I, I wasn't familiar with your work or even right. you were a wrestler. And I walked away from the table going, why the hell is she like this? This person is clearly looks like a wrestler. This looks like a star to me. Oh right. Uh-huh. And then, like, guess later on that evening, you did come out, and I think yeah. you were—I think you were cherry bomb at this. This I was. was my first. Yeah. And in my mind, all I'm thinking is, well, I'm glad they came to their senses and brought and brought out the the, the, the good talent. And man, you kicked so much ass that night. I became oh, a fan for, for for life after oh, that. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. That you know, I remember that show very clearly. That was when I came back from my collarbone injury and, uh, and, uh, that was a really awesome night that I felt so much energy from that crowd. I remember I was so excited and so happy afterwards. It was great. Well, that, that was what I'm saying. That was kind of my roadmap. It was kind of like, you know, I was there on assignment, but I, I left fully informed and, and had a new, <laughs> had a new direction of, of my, my knowledge and fandom of wrestling, you know, awesome. yeah. uh, you, you mentioned your, your a favorite moment there. What, what's been, you know, we're kind of winding down the year here. What's been your favorite moment? Uh, we'll do two of them your, for your personal career and just your overall favorite moment of wrestling this year. Um, oh my goodness. Oh, there's so many. Okay. Um, okay. Well, my favorite moment, in wrestling as a whole, as a whole, as a whole, uh, was, um, uh, the wedding segment that I was able to do, um, with my husband, uh, the blade, um, at, at impact wrestling. That was, uh, that was a really, really special moment for us because we, you know, we, we grinded on the Indies together for yeah. a long time yeah. and, um, and then to share the ring with him. And I was just so proud of him in that moment because he just killed it. Everybody involved killed it. And, and Madison Rain, who wrote the segment, killed it. And it was it was just so well done. And, and we both of us cried. Like in that moment, we both had tears in our eyes because it was like, you know, that thing of like, we've worked so hard and now we're standing in this ring together. And this is a moment that will probably never happen again. So like, let's really yeah. take that mental picture, you know? Um, so that was a really big deal for me. And, um, but in terms of like, the last year, just, just in an AEW, um, uh, gosh, you know, me, um, uh, the butcher had to, to miss some time, um, this year, he, uh, had surgery on his thumb. Um, and when he came back, we, uh, myself, the blade and butcher, we, we, we had a, a match on dark and the crowd went so crazy. And it was just like, I was so happy for, for him. I was happy for, for my husband. I was happy. For, it was just a really, really cool moment. Um, and then obviously the other one is being able to work alongside Penelope. Uh, we've been wanting to tag and, and we finally had the opportunity to start doing that. And uh, I just adore her. She's one of my best friends. Um, so it's been really, really fun working, working with her. But is there any just one specific night, this one moment that like when you're when you guys are talking, you're like, oh, my God, you remember that night and whatever, you know, like, tell me that night. Uh, oh, my God. I mean, coming well, you had mentioned it earlier, but coming out of the ring, like me, me, but like coming out of the ring was I know that was obviously a couple of years ago now, which is insane to think about. But um, that was hands down one of the most surreal moments of my entire life like I it was hard not to cry because again 
you know, the blade and I have worked together for so long and I've seen, I've just, I've seen how hard he's worked and how many times, like just, he's just had to climb and climb and climb. And he finally was climbing out of an AEW ring. It was like, it was the most mind blowing thing. And, um, Dispenza who worked at impact wrestling, he has props and he's just like a complete genius. He was the one that was helping us through the ring. And it was just like, what is happening? Like, how is this happening? Like the, you know, so that, I mean, yeah, I would say that's probably one of the best moments within AEW for sure. For well, me. you know, we were talking earlier that about how like, you know, write what you know, it, yeah. wrestling is always at its best when, when it is real. You know, I mean, that's yeah. really your husband there, yes. you know? Yes. Yes. And I always admire, like you said, how, how, you know, you have to stay in character. I would, I would have been a blubbering mess. There's, there's no way. I, yeah. I, I, you guys don't get enough credit for that, man. I, that would have been, I would have been a, a complete mess. Um, so, you know, I wanted to talk about growing up, uh, you know, a wrestling fan and everything else. I wanted to show you this. This just came in yesterday. I grew up like obsessed with these wrestling magazines. Did you ever? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think I still have some actually somewhere. And uh, and so I I can I found a picture of me, uh, at least my, my mom did. I'm like this, you know, I would just pour over these magazines and. And, and we're not here to discredit anything, but I, I, I wanted to, I, first of all, I wanted to celebrate this. The fact is, is that the issue we're looking at is that they have now expanded the first women's ever 150. So we went awesome. from 50 to, I think, to 100. Now we're at 150. Yeah. And awesome. so, you know, I, this, this rise of finally, you know, of, of women's wrestling being, it's such an apex. Um there's so much talent and there's so much competition, but I feel like that so much of it is a lot of is from people that grew up watching performers like you and, and, and other different people talk to me about the responsibility that you feel about that. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Um, wow. Uh, well, I mean, I'm obviously still here and I'm still in it and, and, and I've been doing this now for, God, I feel so old. Um, almost 16 years, I think, around there. Um, and I've seen I've seen women's wrestling evolve and change. Um, especially when I first started. I mean, obviously there what there was women's wrestling. It just it was just um, it just felt so hard to to be taken seriously. I mean, I remember just being so afraid of like being judged in the business. I was so afraid of like, if I didn't perform at a certain level, or if I didn't do this, or if I didn't, didn't look like this, if I didn't do my makeup like this and my hair like this. And it was just like, it wasn't just wrestling. It just felt like the, I had to do everything else. And, right. and I was a, I was like a, you know, a punk kid growing up. Like I liked punk music and I had my hair in a mohawk and like, like, you know, being super girly and stuff. Like I didn't really know how to do that. At least not like, you know, divas, like that's the era that I kind of, when I started wrestling, that was, it was kind of like the diva era. Right. And um, so, yeah, so now it's like, I feel like all of this younger generation that's coming in, if anything, like they're challenging me to step up my game and to, and to kind of prove that I can still hang and that I can still put on better and better matches. Um, I you know, I, I really admire Serena Deeb. She's my favorite wrestler, hands down, man, male or female. I think she is one of the best wrestlers in the entire world. And I turn to her a lot for inspiration because she's somebody that has been around the business a long time and she's still invent, reinventing herself. And she's still at the top 
as far as I'm concerned, she's like the top of the ladder. Um, so yeah, so I feel like uh, I'm I'm very honored to be able to work with with more and more women. I'm so happy to see that there are that there are just there's so much more opportunity now. There's so much more opportunity. Like when I started, it was it was pretty much WWE was where you had right. where you wanted to go. And and to be honest with you, I didn't even know if that's where I wanted to go. I just wanted to wrestle. Yeah. You know, like I didn't even know if I could get there, you know, um, and now it's like there's just options everywhere. And um, I just uh, I feel like I keep saying this, but I, I just feel very blessed and lucky that I'm still here and um, that I'm surrounded by such amazing athletes that truly push me to keep working hard and to keep getting better. Hey, folks, this is Brian O'Halloran. You might know me from such iconic classic films as Clerks, Mallrats, Chasing Amy, Vulgar. Anyway, you're listening to Tricky Kid Radio. Hi, this is Marilyn Gigliotti. Most people know me as Veronica from Clerks. It ain't 37. Tricky Kid Radio with Roy Turner. Hey, everybody. This is actor-musician Scott Schiaffo, best known from the Kevin Smith films Clerks and Vulgar. You are listening to Tricky Kid Radio with Roy Turner. Commercial break, you should too, from trying to get yourself over. And since you're listening to this, you probably have disposable income. So let our sponsors tell you how to put it to good use. Now, back to the action. Ring the bell. That does it for us this week. We hope you had a slamming good time, and be sure to join us next week for more in-ring action. Don't miss weekly post-show analysis, guest commentary, and live remotes from the matches with your host, a veteran of calling the action ringside, Roy Turner. While we take a short commercial break, you should too from trying to get yourself over. And since you're listening to this, you probably have disposable income, so let our sponsors tell you how to put it to good use. Hey, all you fans, marks, smarks, jobbers, cheerers, and jeerers. Get ready for an exciting bout of no-holds-barred fun. I'm Dana French, and this is Wrestling. Hey, guys, while we take a break, I wanted to tell you something about my favorite venue in Texas uh, and maybe the world over. Uh, If you have never been to the Texan Theater in Greenville, which is... Uh, it's you know a little ways north uh, on your way to Oklahoma. Uh, it's a, I guess it's about an hour and a half maybe north of, of Dallas. Uh, it is the greatest venue in the world. The proprietor, owner, and just all around badass Barbara Haran p- puts on one of the most unique experiences you will ever have in your life. Uh, she approaches things from a very different business model that I think the whole world should embrace and we would all would be uh, better for it. It's just this amazing uh, experience where you get to see uh, one of your favorite artists up close in a gorgeous venue and dinner is included, uh, unlimited drinks are included. Um, You know, she treats her staff so well, they're not getting the whatever the $2 an hour and relying on tips things. She makes, she takes good care of them. Literally none of them have had to suffer uh, throughout the pandemic, thankfully. Uh, Barb's just a great gal, a great person, uh, very creative, and just uh, just one of my favorite people. And so if you're ever in Greenville or even near, anywhere near Dallas, make a point to visit the Texan Theater in, in, uh, in Greenville. And as you know, we're working on our... Uh, uh, King's X film project, you know, as you know, I'm a 
filmmaker myself, and so we'll be should be talking about that maybe in the context of Tribeca soon. Uh, but we will be having the film along with a live performance uh, with King's X there at the Texas Theater uh, as soon as we can get this sucker done. So, so once again, Texan Theater in Greenville, check it out. Well, I appreciate you being humble about that, but at the same time, you know, the reason why there is a lot more opportunity now, it's because of performers like you. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> I've never really thought of it that way. But um, yeah, and I mean, I, I do feel like there's a responsibility because I've been in it so long to help, you know, younger people coming in and making sure that they have a good experience and, and um, you know, making sure that uh, they're protected too. Like it just, I, I came in when I was really young. Like I started on the day after my 18th birthday. So um, I sort of grew up within the wrestling business, which is not an easy thing. You know, no. it's, it's, it's a difficult thing. Um, so I'm, I'm really happy to be able to, um, help others. And, um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, I guess it is a lot of responsibility. I guess I just never really thought of it that way. <laughs> <laughs> well, didn't mean to put that on you there, but no, at, it's okay. <laughs> but, but at the same time, at the same time, however, you know, where you, you sound like the, 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 the wise old sage at the same time, a, if I was a bartender, I would still card you. B, um, if you know you're being introduced to people really in a, in a in for a lot of people for the very first time, you're so instead of being like you know again the elder statesman, you're just as much that that new talent, but with all this experience, that's a pretty unique position to be in. Yeah. And I think, you know, I, I really believe that everything in life happens for a reason. You know, I truly do believe that. And I, I think that I came into AEW at the right time. Like I, I feel like I learned so much on the Indies, um, so much at impact. I mean, I learned a ton about being on television and impact wrestling. I got a ton where the cameras are all like, all those things are so important. You don't really learn that stuff. Like you got yeah. you to catch on pretty quick. Um, so all of those things have kind of, you know, helped me, but now I'm in a position where as much as yes, I've, I've been around a long time. I have to keep, I have to keep getting better and I have to keep, you know, I have to keep up with everybody else, you know, and that always is in the back of my mind. It's, it's, you're only as good as your last match. So every time I go out there, I try to give it 150% and um, just keep proving myself. I think all of us wrestlers have that mentality of yeah. like, we just, we just got to keep, we got to keep up. We got to, you know, and, and um, yeah. So, yeah. Well, so back to this, just for a second, I want to have some fun with this for a second. So yeah. let's see how much stock are we putting in this? Because before this issue, I might've had a little bit more because I opened it up and of course I'm excited to see what the rankings are. And have you seen this yet? Mm, are you already no, aware of this? So for I, I've heard of it, but I have, I haven't seen it. No. So I'm looking at it. So it's in the top 50 and for each page, they feature two wrestlers and you come in at number 131 okay. and that is you at the, oh, so is that me on the bottom? It's oh, you I at the bottom. <laughs> looking, looking crazy as always. Right. <laughs> so we have yeah. the two featured wrestlers are Liv Morgan, who just challenged for the, for the world title last week. And we have the bunny. Okay. But as a fan of yours, yeah, 131, this is bullshit. <laughs> nice to be amongst those women. Again, I'm just happy that there is a magazine that is acknowledging That's right. women, you know, That's in, right. this, in this industry. Um, this things for me was wrestling with the fact that I'm living my dream job. This is what I've wanted 
since I was a teenager. And yet I'm still, I'm still depressed. I still have terrible anxiety and I have the worst imposter syndrome I've ever had in my life. Uh, you know, this was when I first got signed and I, and I was wrestling with guilt and shame. Like, how could I, how could I have all these, how could I have this amazing position that I'm in and still feel like this? Like, you know what I mean? And, um, and, and I think, I think a lot of people feel that way. I think a lot of people who are successful are still like, Oh God, how am I still struggling? I shouldn't be struggling. And it's just a vicious cycle. Um, you know, so I, so again, I just, I I just think talking about it, I think normalizes it a little bit. And at least it certainly makes me feel better to talk about it and be open about it. Um, because I don't, I don't know if you've ever experienced imposter syndrome, but it is probably one of the worst. I mean, I, I know exactly what, what, what that feels like. I am also a, a professional DJ and I, I, I did this gig 20, like years ago, you know, the chemical brothers are right. Of mm, course. Yeah, right? Yeah. And we did this, I did this here. I'm doing this huge gig. It's in Miami. There's people as far as the eye can see. And all I can think about is that somebody's going to tap me on the shoulder. Any minute going to go, okay, the, the, the jig is up. We figured it out. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, 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 come with me, you know. Jokes like, on you. Jokes right, on totally. You. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I feel, I, and I still feel this way. I mean, I'm, I've been very, I'm, I've been very successful. So is you, and I'm grateful for that. But we always think that that the success is going to replace it, and it doesn't. And once you get past that, that's when you kind of go, oh, okay, well, this is just like something I'm just going to have to manage. And that's one um, thing that right. got better for me. Yeah, something you something you have to work on. And and I what can people expect to see next week, December 15th, AEW returns to the Dallas Fort Worth area. You're gonna be in action. Uh, what can people expect? I mean, if you've never been to an AEW show, which I really hope everybody gets to come to an AEW show because the energy is like literally nothing I've ever experienced in my entire life. It is, people are, there are signs, people are yelling, people are having fun. It's, it's literally, I mean, it's the best. And our show, in my opinion, we have the best wrestling program on television right now, bar none. Um, and I think you guys are just going to love the show. It's going to be great. I think it's going to be great too. I, when you guys were here last time, it was my first AEW uh, live experience. Uh, and it was so cool because it reminded me, uh, it was kind of twofold. It was the best of like the old indie shows. You know what I mean? Like hundred percent. It's got that vibe to it. That's always, you know, that I grew up with and I enjoy without just a super formal corporate kind of thing happening. But at the same time, it's like the best, it's like going to see Kiss. There's, there's fire and rock. Yeah, and that's and great. It's, like, it's just so much fun. It's such a great show. And I think you can see in the wrestlers how yeah. much they love being there. Like you can see it. And, you know, we were wrestling with the no fans for a while. And when right. we, when we got back on the road and we were with the fans again, I can't even tell you, I think all of us were emotional. Like we were all just like, yes. Like, cause the fans are a part of the show. They, well, they yeah. are a hundred percent a part of the show. Well, I think that, I think that when you guys were here uh, was one of the first shows that maybe you guys did, maybe not the very first one, but it was definitely one of the first back. And my 
God, the, the crowd was just so white hot. And it was such a, a, a treat to be a part of that. And that's what we need. We need to be around each other. We need to do this. It's a, it's a very important element to, uh, uh, to all of this. Uh, I wanted to wrap with one more question for you. Uh, I wanted to ask you, so now what are some of your, your personal goals uh, going into 2022? Have, you, have we made any, any resolutions just yet? Um, well, I mean, I'm not in control of this, but I sure would love to see women's tag team belts. That would be pretty cool. And I would love to have me and Penelope with those around our waist. Now that is a, that's a goal. That might not be a 2022 goal, but that's just a big old goal that I hope we can eventually attain. (laughs) Um, and speaking of Penelope, I will tell you a quick, funny story. So me and Penelope, we bonded pretty quickly over the last couple of years, but specifically one day we decided we were going to start a book club. And this was, <laughs> this was like 2020. Okay. We we're like, let's, let's start a book club. So we went around and we're at, we're telling everybody in the locker room that we're starting a book club. We're telling anyone that would freaking listen to us. And we have this list of books we're going to read, starting with the Harry Potter Potter series. Okay. <laughs> Never read them. So we're going to read Harry Potter. How many do you think we got through? How many books on the list do you think we read? How many were on the list? I mean, 20 or 25 books or something. We read... um, Did you get to the third book? (laughs) I think we might have read five books. (laughs) Like, that's that's not too bad. That's that's not... We had like um, we had journals. We're like, oh, we're gonna keep track, and then we're gonna we're gonna get together and talk about these novels and all that. None of that happened. None of that <laughs> happened. So I guess that's my new New Year's resolution: is I'm gonna read more. Is to finish the Harry Potter series. That's your resolution. Oh. the I expect you to burn one of those books in the ring next week. Don't miss the show next week, guys. The bunny is going to burn books. That's what's happening. That, what a blast. Oh, my God. Yeah. So, go, so Harry Potter was at the top. What, what are some non-Harry Potter titles that were on that list? Uh, well, we had It, because okay. we both wanted to read the Stephen King novel, It. I think sure, we, had yeah. Salem, we had Salem's Lot on the list. Um, what else did we have on the list? Harry Potter was the big ones. Then she started reading Twilight. And I was like, oh, well, I mean, now what am I going to read? So we've kind of branched into different directions. we got to circle back. I think we need to circle back. Yeah. Maybe reevaluate that. You'll get through more of them maybe if you. <laughs> I feel like I should just watch the movies and say I read the books, but just don't tell her. So People would be kind of maybe remiss to, to know that you were like the punk rock girl in, in, yeah. in high school. I was. What, what yeah. were you? I would love to hear about that just for a second. What were you into? Yeah. What was what was your music? Um, well, I actually, um, oh my gosh. Well, I I loved like the Misfits were like probably number one. I loved the Misfits. Um, Rancid, as much as I hate to say that because of Ruby, but uh yeah. the Rancid we'll Pennywise. Cut it, cut it, yeah. <laughs> uh Pennywise. Um, and I loved the band Poison the Well. I don't know if you've ever heard of them, but they're a hardcore band and I love them. And I was supposed to see them actually tonight in concert and they, 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 they couldn't, they canceled. And I felt my soul leave my body. I was, I was so ready to be all over my teenage feels. I was like, totally. 
let's do this. It's been 20 years. Let's go. Um, so Poison the Well is one of my favorites of all time. And, uh, but yeah, I had, a I played guitar in high school. Um, I had Liberty Spikes at one point. Wow. Had, yeah. Yeah. I had the, the red Mohawk. Um, I've had my hair every color of the rainbow. Um, I mean, I grew up in Toronto, so I would go down to Queen and Young and, and there was a place called the Big Bop, which is a big purple building on the corner of Queen and Bathurst. And I used to go to local shows all the time. And so I'm really excited. <laughs> I'm excited. Have a great time tonight. Thank this, you. this should be a storyline. You should be telling Ruby, girl, I was punk way before you were. You gotta have pictures of you on the, on the, the jumbotron to prove it. I gotta call her, I gotta call her a big poser. And that's yeah, about a totally. poser, man. Yeah, posers must die. Remember that? Like, oh my God. Totally do that. Posers. Love it. Laura, thank you so much for joining us. Thank have you for having me. Have a great time tonight. Hey, we'll see you next week. And, uh, awesome. and I hope we'll have a chance to talk again very soon. You're great. Thank you so much. This has been, this has been a blast. I appreciate it. Hey, want to thank Laura so much for joining us. Man, how cool was she, man? What a good time, man. The bunny, man. Uh, so glad to have her on. And again, don't miss her and the whole gang, the whole roster. They return to the Dallas Fort Worth area uh, coming next Wednesday, December the 15th. Tickets are available now at the Curtis Caldwell Center in Garland, just outside Dallas. There's just a short little drive north uh, of Dallas, but still part of the whole Dallas Fort Worth area. Going to have a big, big roster. It's going to be a great night of action. Speaking of which, we're going to be talking to Hall of Famer Mark Henry on Monday. And he's going to fill us in a little bit more on what to expect. Uh, it's going to be a great thing. It's going to be a, a full taping of Dynamite and Rampage. I think they're also doing Dark and some other ones. Last time it was in town, it was a long show, man. You really get uh, your money's worth. And it's like going to like a big rock show. So once again, I want to thank my guests, Laura Dennis, Ali, the bunny. Thank you so much. Thank you for being so cool. And for all the great work that you're doing, looking forward to talking with Mark Henry on Monday, and we will see you then. Ring the bell. That does it for us this week. We hope you had a slamming good time, and be sure to join us next week for more in-ring action. This has been a presentation of Tricky Kid Media Originals, distributed by iHeartRadio, created and directed by Roy Turner, edited and mastered by Marcus Miller, Theme music by The Buck Pets. Original score by Jocelyn Hunt. Artwork by Antora Sandy. Marketing and PR by Francesca Miles. Tricky Kid Radio is hosted by Roy Turner with introductions by me, Dana French. Thanks for listening, and we hope you'll join us next week.